to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Holy smokes, Batman. It's Gaggle of Geeks on 2SER. Time, gaggle time. Hello, this is Gaggle of Geeks, the podcast. My name is Sophie. My name's Tali. Um, and this is the podcast on 2SER where we chat everything pop and geek culture. And today I will try not to talk about geese. <laughs> very well. I was just laughing at the, my name is Tali. It felt very, like, weirdly, I don't know, like, play school-ish. Oh my Instead gosh. of saying hello, it's like, my name is Tali. <laughs> this is Gaggle of Geeks, the Play School edition. Now, kids, oh my God, do can you we... know what happened this week in pop culture? Sophie, what is through the round window? Let's have a look. Da, da, da. It actually could work because like, I want to talk about things that have gone back around, it <gasps> seems. Look at that segue. You are welcome. <laughs> Do it again then. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about things that have come back around. <laughs> Let's go through the round window. I really want the spice because of damn well to Australia. Yes. Well, <laughs> if you have been sitting on the edge of your seat, really, really wanting a Spice Girls reunion coming back together and a tour, then you, your prayers have been answered. Although they have been slightly interpreted a little bit differently than maybe <laughs> what your prayer would have been had your prayer been, I want the five original Spice Girls to do it and I want them to come to Australia. That's not going to happen. But, but if you want four of the Spice Girls to tour in the UK next year in June, then ding, 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 your prayers have been answered. Tickets go and sell this weekend. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's so, like, I think it's been the most anticipated reunification of a 90s girl band, mm. which is very easy to say because as I was doing, I was like, what other girl bands I have been reunited like, lately in the I 90s? Was, I, I, I drew I a blank there. I was like, Backstreet Boys never broke up yeah. and they're not a girl band. <laughs> yeah, they draw two blanks across like, their boo, eligibility there. Mm. But I think it was all, oh, I think the oh, m- all saints are getting back together. Oh! Because they're touring Australia. <laughs> they Craig, were a 90s girl band. Craig David and Nelly. Oh, what? Yeah, that's happening. <laughs> it's also like next week is R&B Fridays. Yeah. So it is all the, like, the music that you listened to in the 90s and got totally. excited about. Like, oh, mate, Usher. Oh, like, you like, got it bad. Him, but every time Craig David comes around, I'm like... When did you become a thirst trap? (laughs) The funny thing about Craig David, it's that walking away film clip where he's walking down the road and it's just covered in leaves and he's like, I'm walking away. Every autumn, I am the worst because I'm like, guys, I'm Craig Daviding right now. I'm like, I'm walking away. There's a car coming. I don't care. Just walking away. This is amazing. I just imagine you like out in the Blue Mountains way, like during autumn with the leaves that actually do fall, unlike here. So you're just like... And then remember his hit seven days. Oh my gosh. Bloody love that song. Day, took it for a drink, drink on Tuesday. We will make a love bar. Anyway, um, back to the Spice Girls <laughs> after that. They are reuniting. So as you mentioned, four out of the five. Four out of the five. I think it's pretty easy to guess which one did not say yes to it. 
hint it was not Jerry. Well, this is what's so funny. <laughs> like, it's obviously Posh Spice because she, Victoria Beckham, yeah. because now she's her own world. Um, and she don't need... Well, the funny thing is, is I go, she don't need the money. But the hilarity thing is, is even though she's never actually going to be on stage, well, maybe she might make a surprise appearance. I doubt it. But anyway. Depends where she is in the world at the time. Exactly. The thing is, is that even without stepping foot on stage, she's still going to make millions off this tour because of all the royalties. Exactly. Because she's officially a part of the Spice Girls. She gets a cut of all of that. Without Genius. stepping on stage and to be <laughs> doing any of the work. She doesn't no. have to learn the dance routines. She doesn't have to do oh, all the singing. Not that she's saying. Well, is that fair? They didn't. They used to turn down her mic. <laughs> but it is really sad. But she was like, because I wasn't the strongest singer out of all the girls, they used to turn down her mic. Oh, I but know. she was still singing. It's just yeah. no one could hear her. <laughs> Is that sad? It still counts. It still counts. But you know, she's got, you know, because she is her own world, she's got 10 years of her fashion label this year. Yes. She's pretty much like every season traveling the world yep. with her fashion brand. Yeah. Um, launching it everywhere. So it makes sense that she can't make the, the tour, tour commi- commitments. Yeah. Considering the cutthroat nature of fashion. Exactly. But... It still is, but it's still mm. amazing. But I think that, and I reckon why this has been such a long anticipated reunion yeah. um, is because of when Jerry left, like way back in yonder times yeah, that she announced she was leaving, that it was for, that it like they tried to do that album with the four of them and then they yep. did that Viva Forever and they were weird or little butterflies and it was just strange. <laughs> um, and so I think the moment that Jerry left, Everyone's like reunion. When are the five? When are the yeah. five going to get back together? Obviously, still not yet. No. <laughs> but I think what we've learned is that these bands who are doing these kind of reunion tours is that they can just come back with not the full original set, like S Club Seven, S Club Three, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, two these days. That one is a bit sad. Well, though. This is, and this is what was they funny. All, like kind yeah. of. The ones that did really well for themselves were like, hell no, we're touching we that chalice. We ain't going to do it yet. Again. Yeah. While the ones who didn't go so well, it's like, yeah, let's get together. And then there's others who's like, I'm in a really bad place. Like, Please don't. do not contact But me. the funny thing about S Club 7, it's like the 7 is in their name. Yeah. At least the Spice Girls, it's just, it can be anyone. But yeah, it's, I'm still it's excited. It's like 5 when they became 4. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So I think the moral of this story is that if you are currently in a band that references the number of people in your band in the name of your band, you might just want to reconsider that in (laughs) case you have a few, you know, smash hits and Mm. then go away for a decade and then want to come back. I mean, if that looks like the trajectory your life is on, just reassess right now. Yeah. I will say when they announced that they were touring, that was like the cutest video. Oh. Because, you know, it's like, Jerry... Jerry, are you wearing blue? We agreed that we were wearing black. <laughs> yeah, because they all wanted to be in like tuxedo pantsuits. Cause, yeah. So they did it as kind of a breaking news, but like a four-part channel. So it was obviously it each was of them so in their own world. windows. Yeah, it was very, very that mm. slash a little bit Brady Bunch because yeah. they all had their own tiles. Yeah. So they're all there in their like 
like when I say they're like Mel C, Mel B, Emma Bunton, they were all in black looking very profesh. And then Jerry turns up in her, I think she was even wearing a Union Jack dress. Was it sequin or am I, I think it did was I just sequin. imagine that? No, that was the Spice I just, one. I just but added was, the extra detail unnecessarily. Yeah, it was a sequin, Excellent. like it was like more of a turquoise blue. Blue, yep. Um, but it had sequins all over. Yeah. And she's like, I got to stand out, girl. Exactly. And then Emma <laughs> was just like, what? We can do that. Can I bring back like, because she was her iconic hairstyle of the two buns. Yeah. Yeah. Or what, what she called them. Pigtails kind of? It was yeah, yeah. She she called them something. Mm. I don't know what they. But anyway, and so then they and then they broke into an a cappella version of "Spice Up Your Life," which was great. Oh, it's just so great. <sighs> but I think last year was was it twenty years? Yeah, last year was twenty years since the release of "Spice World." Oh my goodness! And they had like some screenings. Like you can see it in the cinema again. Oh. Celebrate that twenty year! And I went and I was like. God, I didn't get half of these jokes when I was a kid. Oh. But oh my God, this is like the most feminist movie. Really? <laughs> you can enjoy. I, well, you, they like, always had girl power they going through. They always had girl power, but you always just thought, oh yeah, girl power. But just like, wait for the slogan kind of thing. Yeah. But when you're watching it, I'm like, like literally, um, Jerry is just like belting out like feminist theory. <laughs> you're just like, what? Oh my god, and it would t- totally miss it. So, hmm. like, I just keep remembering totally the scene as a kid. And where it's just oh wow, yeah. They get off the bus and then they're going around in some kind of boat while singing "My Boy Lollipop." <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm sure a lot of other things happened during that movie, but for some Richard reason, e. Grant having a mental breakdown. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> and they like they ended up in some kind of mansion. <laughs> I need to watch that movie again. You should. When the bus breaks down, they end up yeah. in some... Yeah. Interesting. It is, yeah, it is wonderful rewatching mm. it and you're just appreciating all the jokes you didn't get when you were younger. Yes. And just watching, like, you know, Jerry talk about equal wages. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah. We need it is to... so progressive for that time. We need to go back. In... <laughs> we need to go back into that world and mm. rediscover what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So Spice Girls... We'll have to wait to wait. Well, earlier this Maybe. week, I was like, yo, Tali, do you want to buy tickets to London? <laughs> and the answer would have been yes. But do not joke about this. I will cry if you're not serious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I would love to. I would love. I would want to meet them too, mm. FYI, just on the off chance the that they're vip, listening the to this. The VIP package, please. The VIP, the VIP package. The VIP yes. Package. Please have my $4,000 or £4,000. <laughs> my 10000 Australian dollars. This is worth it. Oh, my gosh. The dream. Yeah, the dream. Right. right. Um, but someone also came back this week. Yeah. So if you've been living under a rock, which I hope you haven't, um, the... Amer- the U.S. Uh, election midterms have been oh, going on. The U.S. electoral system, the election system, is just so confusing and difficult and yeah. hard. And it's like they make it hard for voters. So, they really do because it's like midweek yeah. <laughs> as is. So they're like, that means a good yeah. portion of people can't make it to the yeah. polls. Where is the democracy sausage oh. in the U.S. voting? Yeah, because they have, like, obviously voting's not compulsory. No. So they have to do things where, I, and this is why it's such a huge pop culture event a lot of the times. It because really is. you have a lot of big name celebrities coming out to say, vote, because it's not compulsory and because they're terrible at, like, Americans just in terms of yeah. 
in apathy doing that. Yeah. when it comes to voting is just really yeah. high. So they're trying, obviously, to go for that engagement level and hitting those voters in different ways. But there are just so many different hurdles that a voter has to overcome sometimes. Like, a, oh, well, you know, you have to be registered, obviously, if, if it is. But you can turn up to a polling booth, be registered, and they go, your name's not here. And so you have to, there's a lot of education around how to vote in the in um, just American polling Ameri- situ- voting and if, situations. And the bureaucracy is not kind to people of colour. Oh, absolutely it's not. So if they can find a little thing that will make you ineligible to vote. Yep. Then we'll do it. That is the thing. Yeah. And they have a lot of the things about um, people, if you've gone to jail, is that mm-hmm. in some states, and this is the other thing, it's not consistent across all 52 no. states. So in some states, it's like you can go to jail and then you can still vote. And then in other um, states, it's like once you've been incarcerated, you cannot vote. And these are things for like traffic fines. If you've yeah. had a multiple things of traffic fines and then it gets to the point that you spend maybe even few days in jail yeah. it's like you cannot because vote. they hold you if you haven't paid that yeah fine exactly someone of yeah. your family can pay it off you stay in jail. and then the system to once you are then on that list that says you cannot vote anymore because you've been in jail to get that reviewed and then potentially turned around it's a whole is legal a case. whole well it's a whole other scenario that's yeah. not set up and then largely a lot of those people who get affected by that are african-americans and Latino or Hispanic people. And so it's just this huge, big cluster. Yeah. So it was quite like, I think it was a relief. I'm saying it like living in Australia, it was a relief watching the US like midterm coverage and seeing. Oh, wait till our, early next year when our election oh, comes Don't around. even start me. I think you just need some light relief during it all mm. the time. And yeah. this week it came through the. <laughs> Um, our old friend Sasha Baron Cohen brought his friend Borat back, which was yeah because Kazakhstan's a- greatest export, I dare say, probably yeah, most likely because you know he's been he he went on Jimmy Kimmel where Jimmy's like oh can you get your friend back on and he's like yeah because he was yeah. on there to um, promote This Is America yeah which has been insane it's just wow <laughs> what it's a next like level of just- like. I thought, how do you get away with this? I know. Yeah. Quite a few politicians since appearing on that like show have then since had to apologize. And quit. Exactly. It's like, I think one was just like, yeah, raving about their racist views. And it was just like, wow, one agreed to like, well, this is what's in a bag. And you're like, what is going on? Yeah. It's absolutely (laughs) wild. But yeah, Borat came back and he did some door knocking around the streets as a proud, well, he was a premier Trump supporter as yeah, opposed premier. to a president Trump, oh, like, which was a part like, of the hilarity. Well, he was like, well, since Russia can't interfere now because all eyes are on them, it is up to Kazakhstan <laughs> we to interfere will do it with for this you. election. And it's the kind of funny hilarity that when he does it, so like the first um, door that he knocks on is a woman. Mm. And so she answers the door and he's like, hello, is your husband here? Are there any men here? Like in yeah. that idea, is there anyone here who can vote or is allowed to vote? She's like, yeah, I have been voting since I've been legally allowed to. Oh, okay. I will talk to you. But at the same time, he's like, it's legal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it's that kind of thing. It's like, I think the hilarity comes from that backward thinking that women can't vote. Mm. But then at the same time, there's like, 
women have been silenced from voting for a really long time. So to just see that in the in 2018, you go, that's ridiculous. But then, oh, old, like, you know, just world and life. But the other funny thing about Borat, which I always find very interesting and obviously why the Sasha Baron characters work so well, mm. is it's it's their characters are obviously sometimes an invitation for someone to maybe bring out their thing that they don't want to say or that they don't think is acceptable. Like well, when they're he like, was, yeah, it's oh, they're like, oh, if that person says it, it's then it's okay. all right for, it's me, for me to do to, also to do it. Say yeah. my opinion, yeah. which is like, I know it's not that poo soo. Yeah, I want to say because this guy. And that's it. what and that's what I always find really really interesting because I mean, if like to the woman, he was like, isn't it great? Like all the kids were locked in cages and like the de- in detention or um. Yeah, when they were trying to get through. And he was just like, high five. And she high fived him. They're having this conversation. And she's like, yeah, well, and he's like, and obviously it's better conditions than what they're used to. They should be thankful that they are even in this. And she's like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. They got three meals a day. Yeah, exactly. It was just a bit of a camp out as they were getting processed. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, wait, three meals? No meals. Waste of money. Yeah. And so this is what's so funny is like, yeah, just talking about detention camps in that way. Yeah. If someone who was more like this, what are your opinions on Mm. detention camps and children and, you know, the cages that they were put in? I think people would be more like reluctant to show the, the depth of what they really, really feel. But Borat just invites that because he already says it. And Mm. so I think that they go, well, I'm not as crazy as this guy, but I still like agree with what he is saying. So it was interesting to watch him just, I think he just progressively gets crazier, like during the yeah, segment. Yeah, it was it was really interesting because, like, with especially when you're like hearing that whole like you know, oh, children in cages, and yeah. it was just like, oh crap, we we don't we don't have a great record of that. Yeah, either. exactly. <laughs> Shouldn't throw stones. Oopsie days. Yeah, but yeah, I think he was trying to like talk to like another Margot supporter, and he's just like in his house, like yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, Trump's not a racist. He's like, yeah, he's racist against everyone equally. (laughs) And then it just gets awkward when he's like, I'm going to go use the bathroom and then comes back and he's just like, where is your shirt? What is going on? And then that. Yeah, old Borat's back. But I'm like, damn, Sasha Baron Cohen, you've kept fit. (laughs) And this is is what was so funny about it too, is I was like, how do you not know who Borat is? Like such an iconic look person that you just go, how? California. Yeah, exactly. That's why there was a part of me that just went... How did they not know who he was? Mm. I mean, the older fella who was just, he Uh, just looked like old school Republican, like Republican for life. But he was just politely like, I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) Are we going to talk about something serious or? What is happening? (laughs) What What is is going on? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you will get those voters who are staunchly a party for life. You get them here as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So (laughs) it's just like interesting to see uh, there's a crazy guy in front of me. I don't know how to react. (laughs) It was just some nice comedic relief during what was no doubt a very intense week in American politics. Yeah. I mean, you just scroll through your Instagram and it's like every celebrity is just urging everyone Everyone to to vote. vote. Yeah. Beyonce got out with her Beto hat. Yeah. Oprah went door knocking. Wow. Could you imagine? Knock on the door and it's Oprah. I would immediately think I've like won a new car. And then it would just be just like, you'll get a car, you'll get a car, you have to vote. <laughs> yeah. Can you please vote for Stacey? <laughs> like, oh. And then yeah. I get my car. 
Yeah. Yeah. Look, it was interesting. There was also another piece of exciting news that happened this week. Mm. You just, sorry, when you were saying that Sasha Baron Cohen has kept himself well and his like the thirst factor was quite high. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that about Borat, but I was like, oh, yeah. Man, yeah. He's, <laughs> well, something that people say all the time mm. about this person is um, the sexiest man alive was Ooh. announced. Ooh. That's right. Currently, it's it's so funny. The sexiest man currently with a pulse and therefore still alive is drumroll, Idris Elba. What? Who would have thunk it? Everyone, (laughs) um, literally everyone, literally everyone since last year when Blake Shelton. How the hell he got sexiest man is still beyond me. He's just. Your average country boy with yeah, a bit of rock was, and roll thrown in, but nothing out of the not, ordinary. Nothing at all. He's not charismatic. Nothing. He doesn't at give all. the smolder eyes. Oh my I'm goodness. Just a bit. Nothing at all. Hence why. So this is people's poll, right? Yeah. Well, this is, yeah, sorry. Yeah, people's. And so this is when, so Idris, oh, I love that Idris Elba gets it out. It's like, who's people's sexiest man alive? And everyone's like, yeah, of course he is. Like water's wet. Oh, he's like, been the duh. sexiest man for the past ten years. Have you seen him? He's like literally. Did you not watch Luther? Yeah, <laughs> everyone's like, "Come on, guys, we've all known this for quite a while." So, I think like people maybe maybe did a win. So they were because people were like, "Oh, thank you for picking someone who actually could be the sexiest man alive." Mm. It always it always does. I love those polls because I'm like, did you actually go through every man that is currently alive right now? <laughs> Who is relevant right now? <laughs> well, see, this is the funny thing. Like, imagine if it, like, the sexiest man alive, as according to a poll that we do not, like, know how it would actually be facilitated, yeah. ends up being like this guy in Romania in, like, some village. It's actually, you've rated a 9.8 on the sexiest man alive. So actually you are the sexiest <laughs> man alive. <laughs> All these celebrities are like, oh no. Oh, too good. We're really amping up the pop culture this week. Yeah, I know. We? Really, really. All oh, the things. But All you the know, things. unfortunately, Idris still isn't James Bond. Yet. Yet. Wow. Well, is it getting closer? No, I don't know. Um, and you remember how we had that rant, how we're like Richard Madden? I not know. Not man material. Week later, bodyguard comes out and says, like, oh, "It's alright. Yeah, <laughs> you might be okay." It was, it was, and he literally wore a suit in most of bodyguard. It's like he was—that was his James Bond audition. It totally was. Um, can you please wear a suit and run around? Yes, I yes, can. Yes, I can. And Everyone, then, look at me. This is me doing James it was, Bond. It was even when he would obviously report in and he'd be like, ma'am, yes, ma'am, I can do that, ma'am. Oh, it was very... But his ma'am that, just sounded like mum. Because he's Scottish. <laughs> Scottish. Like, but, yes, mum. Yeah, but it was having some real like Judy Dench vibes mm. in the that mother-spy relationship mm. that is so important in James Bond. The mother-spy relationship. The mother-spy relationship that's been taken over by Ray Fiennes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't will always be a mother spy relationship. <laughs> Do not fight it in any way, shape, or form. Thank you. Oh dear. Uh, what else has been happening this week that you've been excited about? Well, it's just announced uh, this week actually that if you're a Star Wars fan and Ooh. if you enjoyed Rogue One, so that was one of that was if you forgot that one already, it was. 
the one that was set directly up before A New Hope. So yep. they're doing a prequel to that and it's going to be a streaming series on that new Disney platform. Ooh. This new Disney platform is going to have all the content. Apparently. So the Disney platform, anything that's related to that Disney stream streaming platform is yep. going to be called Disney Plus. Yeah. So this will come under that. Um, so yeah, it's going to follow Diego Luna's character and he's going to be reprising his role as Cassian. Oh. So, yep. I mean, I was like, oh, I thought this story's over, but I'm like, you know what? More Diego Luna on my screen. I can't yep. complain. Well, see, this is the thing is that if you thought the story was over. Yeah, well, he died. But you haven't. Well, see, and no, but this is what I mean. Like, you can't go any further into the truth. So you just no. go back. So it's <laughs> like. Backwards. Origin story. The thing is, is will it still be called Rogue One if it's a prequel? Probably Will it just not. be Rogue well, Rogue One zero point nine. Rogue One would like refer to the plans that yep. took that eventually took down the Death Star, so it'll just be a new name, I reckon. Really? Oh, they didn't know it's called surely Rogue the, One. Like they didn't say the name Rogue One until about three quarters through the movie. Uh, but I was like, surely there'll be some kind of continuity that brings it back to Rogue One. Maybe. But then the, at the same time, yeah, move it future. Yeah. They need to somehow Tokyo Drift it, where it's just like, it's still Tokyo Drift, but now we're no here. I have no idea where Tokyo Drift sits in that timeline of The Fast and Furious. It is very confusing. I think it's four. Four? I want to say it's four. Okay. It's it came so... out third, but it definitely is set, like, it was before we ever met Han. Oh. And that was at the end of Han, like, and Han, like, was in four, five, died in five, and then oh. it was Tokyo Drift, and then he dies. Are you sure? Okay. Do you know what I just realized? Yeah. Is that I now call the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Like, I don't even call it the Fast and Furious anymore. Because I was thinking of Fast and Furious, but I was like, yeah, Tokyo Drift. Same, same. So that's what I mean in, like, Rogue One, that the Mm. new name will be still somehow involve Rogue One, but you'll just refer it to the little dot, dot thing. It'll probably be like Star Wars, The Adventures of Cassian. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds like very, I don't know, childhood book though. <laughs> the Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, or it's The Adventures in Fathingwood Forest. The Adventures in a galaxy far, far away. How delightful. <laughs> I mean, I know Blake's probably not that keen on it because it'd be more navel gazing, but oh well. Uh, Each to their own. Well, this is the thing. We're getting so much Star Wars stuff anyway. Well, is it because of this new Disney channel though? I guess so. Maybe like, and the thing is, we've heard a lot about this new Disney stream set, and then hearing like a lot of things have been greenlit. Yeah, but it's like knowing for when it's going to be released, and yeah. it's just like it sounds like there's just a lot just being piled a, on there. Yeah, and it's like okay. well, they, well, they probably want to hit with a lot of content up, mm. so they actually new have content. to do it, yeah. and then obviously they're going to want a lot of subscribers. Yeah, because there will be a lot of competition but out I'm there. But I'm just wondering, are they putting all like their eggs in that first year? When yes. It does eventually release, and then it's like, well, they're probably ju- well. If the first year's a flop, true, then how do they promise themselves a second year? I suppose they do have a good gazillion dollars just to keep making more. Well, look, true, it is Disney. <laughs> I guess they're our overlords, so they can decide what to do, when to do, and how to yeah. do it. And then we just have to sit back and either go, "We will watch it." No, too much. No, this is this. This is this. This is this. And they will somehow appease us because they we will never break from them. The truth. The, the reality God, is. that is such a harsh truth. I know. It is depressing. Like, I often think about that where I was like, I don't need to be such a, like, blind consumer of X thing or rah, rah, rah. Like, my phone, I constantly have. Like, I don't need it. It's like, screw this. No, no, no. And then the moment when I'm without my phone, I'm like, no, I need it. Where's my phone? 
I need Where my Twitter. Is it? I need my Twitter. What is, I what make it without it. How do I scroll? What do I do? Where <laughs> do I get information from? How does this work? I just love that meme that goes around. It's like, before we had phones, what would we do on the toilet? And it's just like, <laughs> read the back on the ingredients of like shampoo bottles. <laughs> I'd like to think we were a lot more educated then. Well, in the sense, we knew, I like, mean, in what general, chemicals went into yeah. shampoo and your body soap. <laughs> just general science. I wonder if chemistry has gone down since the invention of the telephone. Maybe. No one knows about their, what is it, their glyphosphates yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what the word is anymore because no. I don't have All to All I know is up. no sulfates is good. <laughs> <laughs> look at you, living your best life. Or is it no parabens? I never know. <laughs> It's probably, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Google it on your phone. Again, <laughs> why we could never be without it. Right. It's way too important. It's like survival without phones. Can't uh, do it. No. Nah, nah. Not not in this world. Not in any world thereafter. I know. It would be a terrible place without phones. <laughs> I love how we went from the prequel to Rogue One to mobile phones. <laughs> mobile phones. But that was my segue for you to talk about the good place. Ah! <laughs> that was not close. How was I supposed to get that? Oh, sorry. I should say, but it's a bad place. Yes. Or you could have been I like... I was trying not to be so obvious. That's A segue is supposed to be obvious. Okay. Like this segue. <laughs> this was all planned. So planned. So, the good place. Um, as we know, we are currently in season three. Yeah. Um, and they are in Australia. Australia. Yay. Yay. Australia at some fictional university. And so, because it is now set in Australia, it means that... There needs to be Australians to make it seem more Australian. Um, and something that has been they've been getting a lot of flack for is the accents, particularly Simone, who was the love interest of Cheedy, right. because obviously Cheedy was still American who then moved to a Sydney university, so he gets to still sound the same. Like Eleanor Kristen Bell's character, she comes in, she still gets to be American. This whole central cast still gets to be American, but it's the supplementary characters who just are like, FYI, reminder, you're still in Australia, let me talk in my Australian accent. That has just been kind of grinding some people's gears or is ears re- more likely. So is it like really stereotypical, like shrimp on a barber? It's one of those things I think that maybe only Australians have been upset at. Like I think <laughs> largely people have gone, oh, the accent's bad because it's just jarring to hear so many Australian accents, she says in inverted commas on the radio. <laughs> um, it's So it's kind of a, like that drawl is a just a like, like, do you know how that sometimes you hear those words? So See, I do me, that with my mates when we're really like being yeah. silly and we're just like. <laughs> yeah. So it's like that. No worries, mate. Like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like there's a lot of the upward inflection at the end of it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so I, a lot of people were like, those accents are so terrible because I think like a lot of Australians just got upset to go, that's not what we sound like. Maybe we do. And that's why the Americans <laughs> did not know what we actually sounded like. Um. And so it had been getting a lot of flack. I, of course, who have been trying to figure out how the good place works, was like, no, guys, the accents are on purpose. It's like, obviously, something's going on. And they're part of a bigger picture. It's part of a bigger picture that no one understands. (laughs) Until they came out this week and were like, oh, we didn't realize that they were bad accents. Those poor producers and directors. Mm. It's just like, we thought they were really good. Yeah. No. Yeah. And this is what was funny is that they were saying, like, as I was saying, it was like the 
the actor who plays Simone, she obviously, I think out of everyone, she's had the most Australian dialogue because she did actually have an involvement in Chidi and the group when they went to go learn how to be better people. Mm. So she was actually explaining a lot of the, because like she's a neuroscientist and she matches up to see like brain and stuff and stuff like that. So she had to explain a lot of complex things in an Australian accent as an American actor. And she's really endearing, really lovely. Everything was all all good. But it was just that, like, I think for Australians that people went, eh, what? And so I think they were getting a lot of shit about it. Just from Australians. Yeah. It's like, you've taken a lot of our Aussie actors. You have the Hemsworth brothers. <laughs> like, you know, well, surely you know what Australians sound like by now. Well, this is what was funny is that they did actually that joke of the episode where they pretended to be like the fourth Hemsworth brother who was still beautiful, but like, oh, I'm just not as good as my actor brothers. It's so hard. Like I only have an eight pack. Like, ha ha ha. Like he is Australian. Um, Please tell me I was a Hemsworth cousin. Oh, well, <laughs> my God. Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a he didn't sound as jarring as everyone else. But yeah, I did I did just laugh and then I felt bad for old mate Michael Sher, who was just like, I didn't know. We didn't know. We thought they were good. We didn't know. But then, it, yeah, it ruined my theory. Glad they need an Australian like consultant. <laughs> but apparently the Australian accent is the hardest to do. It is. It and is. the funny thing about the Australian accent is that it's the hardest to try and replicate, but we lose our accent very quickly if we like we acclimatize to other places. It so, is so true. Yeah, it's why like I, like, I laugh. People can't understand us, so we're like, right, we'll let's try slow and this down. We'll bring in some more of your inflection, yeah. so you yeah. can understand what we're saying. And then it's just like, oh, there goes my accent. Great. Well, and this is it is so true. Like I at first laughed where you'd have friends who go to London for six months and then come back with a British accent, and you're it like, so posh. I like, know, really posh yeah. Australians. You're like, what happened? Yeah. And you're just like, surely you're putting that on. Like, nothing can happen that quickly. And then, yet it is so true. Like, you are just bombarded and you just, we lose our accent really quickly and it's really hard to take it. My mate went to the US. Mm. She's been living there for a while, comes back home. She's rolling her R's. Because if she doesn't roll the R's, they don't understand what she's saying. Oh, my goodness. It's so, but I think it would be really interesting in terms of acting too for those dialogue coaches oh, for accents so because it is, it would literally be like teaching think- your mouth to make another shape mm. while saying a word. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's interesting that Australians can also acclimatize, but also replicate other accents so yeah. easily. Yeah. Except for maybe South African. South African, mate. Oh my God. <laughs> I felt like I started and then I feel like the mate just then took me straight to Kiwi. <laughs> Sophie is losing her shit right now. I would like to apologise to all the South Africans who heard that. I started, I think I could, I started talking and then I went, oh, this is not going to end well. And it didn't. And no, I apologise. But yeah, I would say probably South African is the hardest accent to replicate. Welsh. Oh, I suppose, because Welsh is quite nuanced from the rest <laughs> yeah. of British. Thing. I also feel Welsh do a lot of, like, mm. it's like a very guttural spitty. Yeah. <laughs> I find that, like, the UK and Ireland quite difficult. Yeah. Because everything is, all their accents are regional. Yeah. We're such a tiny country. Well, it's, like, yeah. you know, a bunch yeah. of countries. 
all the accents are regional. Like you literally drive for an hour in one town and then go to the next different, town, yeah, and they sound completely different. Yes, because you can just like the difference between like Cockney rhyming slang mm. and then watching Geordie Shaw. Oh my god! Like, oh yeah, okay. I feel like, like stop trying to do accents, Talia. <laughs> <laughs> Geordie Shaw, go on. No, no. wow, it's actually <laughs> yeah. So. Accent is going to be mint. <laughs> well, this is the thing. And this what is you're trying to do to us. <laughs> I watched way too much Geordie Shaw and that was an awful impersonation. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I think this is the thing, though, and this is why I think we should be, like, not so hard on the good place, is accents are hard. Are. And I know that they're paid actors. So people would go, well, if that's your work, like, get the accent right. But it is kind of insane. Mm. And even, like, in Bohemian Rhapsody, where um, Rami Malek was talking about playing Freddie Mercury mm. and because of the way that he spoke and the sound that he had. Well, Freddie had was, the teeth. Yeah. And he also had, like, a very – he grew up in many places. Yeah. He was born in Zanzibar yeah. before moving to the UK. Exactly. So there is, like, a new accent that he had to take on. So he had his own dialect coach to be, like, mm. work this to make the Freddie sound. So I think that there is – it's a lot of work that goes into it. Mm. And I think that people who, like actors who are trying an accent, I don't think they're trying to be offensive when they do it. It's just, especially if they're playing it straight, like I'm from here. Unless, of course, it was like breakfast at Tiffany's when like Wayne Rooney was playing the Asian guy upstairs. And then it was just mm. like, there was, there was multiple levels of why that was very, very wrong. <laughs> but I feel like... This actor in The Good Place playing the character of Simone trying to explain some neurological concepts while talking in what she believed to be a pretty good Australian accent is probably not as offensive (laughs) on the large. I don't know. Is there a scale of offensive, like, accents? I don't know. Because then again, is like Apu on The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. As him being the... that is yeah. so interesting how then they're just going to retire the character because they just yeah. don't want to deal yeah. with addressing how they were wrong. Yeah. It was having Hank Azaria voice him for so yeah. long. And Hank Azaria had gone on, like, what was it, Jimmy Kimmel or mm. one of the late night shows to yeah. be like, oh, I didn't know how offensive it was, but if that is the consensus, like, I will, like, it, not effectively, like, I'm happy to step aside, but it is going, I'm happy to like do what is felt right with the character. So it's not as if he was just like, I'm pulling out or I'm doing anything no. like that. It was generally criticism. It was, yeah. But they were like, well, you could have just recast it. Yeah. Or, you know, left an iconic character on screen. But yeah. They're just like, nah, just nah. got to get rid of it so we don't yeah. deal with it. And there was this episode I of- think South Park like spoofed them really <laughs> well on it. This is the, like, the social commentary in South Park is actually really spot on sometimes. But there was an episode of The Simpsons when this whole thing came out, like, I think it was around the time of The Problem with Apu, the documentary that was made, that that was was really, like, highlighted and addressed those issues. And so there was a scene in The Simpsons where they tried to weird, like, they didn't address it, but they did without it because there was, like, it was Lisa and Marge and then oh, there was a photo frame with Apu in it. And it's, like, it's one of those things that you talk, but then no one ever really says anything or addresses it in a real, like, it was it was a weird commentary and everyone who knew what it was about knew that, oh, this is you dealing with Apu. And, uh, and then yeah. they're just like, and then you just let it be. <laughs> and it was yeah. just like... Oh, okay. okay. That's not the response people wanted, yeah. but okay. Yeah. Been... And that was the thing, even like the maker of the problem with Apu upon hearing the news. Well, it's 
it hasn't been confirmed. It's just been mm. someone someone said something to someone, but that someone was pretty high up, so that person's something was taken on pretty great authority. Don't you love Hollywood circles. Oh, if there wasn't a friend of a friend, no no news would come out of Hollywood. Um, but even yeah, the creator of the um, problem with Apu was like, oh well, if it's true, they're getting rid of him. That's actually a bad thing. Because it's less diverse. Exactly. On that screen, on so that it's even if the Simpsons were like, oh, I know how we'll fix this. We'll just get rid of him. It's like, oh, again, you're missing the point. Yeah. This is not how it's supposed to be. <sighs> the world. The world we live in, Tali. The world. <laughs> Should we leave it at that? <laughs> yeah. In our play school edition. <laughs> you've been listening to Gaggle of Geeks. We hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> is that good? <laughs> Can it I? totally was. I was about to go, and the ladder of the week is A, and the number is four. And then I went, no, that's Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for looking through the round window with us today. We went really far into the round window. <laughs> <laughs> we have just survived coming back out. Ooh, it's always circles yeah. we go in. Yeah, the rocket clock was going wild, <laughs> just spinning ridiculously. Ridic. Yes. Um, Tolly, thank you for another gaggle of geese. Thank you, Sophie. We'll catch you next week for more. No, we won't catch you next week. No. You're away. Yes, I am. But we're still here because guess what? What? Maria Lewis is Yay! guest hosting the show. She kind of founded Gaggle Gigs back in the day, but then mm. she became an author. Couldn't do it yeah. anymore. Release some books. Release some books. But she has a new book coming out. Well, it's out now. It's yeah. called um, the, the Witch Who Courted Death. So she'll be chatting about that plus every other thing that happened in the week on geek and pop culture. The wins. All the wins. The wins. So good. Tali, have a great break. We'll catch Thank you, you when you're back. Yes, you will. Bye. Bye. Bye.